This is a 980 CKNW podcast. Are you looking to better navigate your relationship, fearful of falling in love? Are you having issues that are impacting the love in your life? Well, hopefully you'll find some love and light here on the Sunday Night Sex Show, the show where we educate everyone about sexual health. How it relates to overall health, making your relationships the best they can be. Good evening. I am Maureen McGrath, a registered nurse in the field of sexual health, author of the book Sex and Health, Why One Can't Come Without the Other, a researcher in sexual health, blogger, clinician, TEDx speaker, and your resource to help start that conversation, answer your questions, and help you discover new and exciting things about sex and health. I make no innuendos, no judgments, and certainly no apologies. Just fearless, straight up talk about sex and health. I do seduce you with the idea of sex, but this show is about so much more. It's about love, your body, relationships, online dating, communication, and other issues. We are all lovers in a dangerous time. Let's hope for you the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show will be illuminating, educational, get you thinking outside of the box, and have a little bit of fun while you're at it. So thank you for being here with me tonight. It is always my pleasure to be with you. There is, of course, an aspect of sexual health that is dark, dreadful, and that is sexual abuse, any unwanted sexual advances, pedophilia, and rape. Some of the subjects on this show may trigger some feelings for you. Of course, for those of you who have been sexually abused, you are never far from my heart, and I wish you all the best on your healing journey. If you want to email me any questions at all, you can email me at sextalk at cknw.com. You can go to my website, backtothebedroom.ca. My book is Sex and Health, Why One Can't Come Without the Other. It's available on Amazon. So just head on over to my website and, uh, and check that. So it's great to be here with you this evening. I'm often asked the question if I, I see patients, and yes, I do. I see patients digitally, and I also see them in North Vancouver here in British Columbia. So uh, again, go to my website, backtothebedroom.ca. We have lots of subjects to cover tonight on the program. You know, we all want to fall in love. Uh, we all think about a time when we fell in love, and uh, but there are some people in the world that are afraid of falling in love. So I'm going to cover that subject for you tonight. Also, you know, I do want to mention it's time to put the children to bed. So please do that because listener discretion is advised. We are talking about some subjects related to SEX that uh, may be too much for their tender little ears. So I will give you a time to uh, ensure that they are in bed. Grab your lover, a glass of wine perhaps, lay back, take some time, absorb, listen. Uh, Perhaps there may be something here in the program that could help you. Um, so we're going to be talking a little bit about uh, being intimate with your partner and how your body responds when you stop that intimacy with your partner. I also have some fabulous emails from you that uh, I really appreciate your honesty. Uh, and so I welcome all of your emails. So I'm going to be reviewing some of your emails tonight. We're going to be talking about things like camming. Do you know what that is? Uh, also unconscious bias. I'm going to be talking about that, and that relates to some of your questions. Talking about love, you cannot help but mention one of the greatest Canadian loves. This week, we lost one of Canada's greatest and best and hippest. Gord Downey passed away this week at the age of 53 after a fierce battle with brain cancer. All tragic, nothing hip. 
Gord Downing was the glue that connected Canadians, regardless of race, color, creed, economics, geography, height, weight, hair color, eye color, whatever. He gave Canadians a sense of belonging and connection for all people throughout the magical and often mesmerizing, thought-provoking lyrics that were his music. going to be talking a little bit about him tonight as well. So he taught us about belonging, what makes you feel like you belong, how is it that you're connected. There's no greater person in this world, or at least in Canada, that demonstrated that to us than Gord Downey. And our thoughts and prayers go out to his family and all of his fans. Uh, there's so much, just so much about that. Uh, there's something that I think he was didn't even under, didn't even think of, which was this unconscious bias. We all have that, and it's important to note that biases, conscious or unconscious, are not limited to ethnicity and, and race. So racial bias and discrimination is well documented. Biases may exist toward any to anybody. I'm going to share with you some of the biases that have been bestowed upon me a little bit later, but. Um, you know, we really need to uh, be more connected to one another and improve our relationships with one another. And one may, one way may be to end this, or at least be aware of this unconscious bias and perhaps put an end to explicit or conscious bias. So I'm going to be talking a little bit about that tonight. Um and I love, of course, all of your emails. And, you know, a lot, oftentimes people write to me about their relationships. And so their relationships have just gone awry. They've just, and they don't even know how that's happened. And they have so many issues with them that uh, they get to a place where they are finally dealing with that. So tonight I'm going to talk about how to repair the little things in your relationship so that they don't become the big things. And guess what one of them is? That's right. You guessed it. Um, it is one of those ways. Um, so, if, And it will, it will come out in the bedroom, quite frankly, um, some of the issues. Or if you are like a patient that I met this week who actually has built a new house and she's built two master bedrooms. <laughs> and so when I asked her when I was curious about that, and, and curiosity is a, is a good thing, um, when I was curious about that and, and said that to her, um, she said, well, you don't have to have sex in the bedroom. Hmm, hot. Here she is um, having two master bedrooms and yet she's getting creative and thinking of things outside of the bedroom. Of course, we can't help but talk about the what's going on in the world in terms of sexism and sexual harassment and sexual abuse, especially at work, especially at work for women. I believe all women need to go to work with a notebook and a pen. Uh, do not document on your computer. It can be hacked and there can be other issues that can occur. But, you know, I often say the workplace is dangerous for women. And we're going to talk a little bit about that tonight as well. And some um, information about sexual harassment facts. Some people don't even realize that they are being excluded or harassed or treated differently in the workplace uh, than uh, until they are actually made aware of this. So I'm going to be talking a little bit about that uh, tonight as well for you. So you can always email me, sextalk at cknw.com. 
uh, you can go to my website, which is back to the bedroom. Um, you can always give us a call, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. Um, and um, we're also going to be talking tonight about one of the biggest predictors of divorce. Well, one thing is try not to marry a divorce lawyer, <laughs> as one of my emailers pointed out. Um, but anyway, we've got lots of subjects to cover tonight. You know me, I don't like to overpromise and underdeliver. Who doesn't like to <laughs> underpromise and overdeliver? And that's what you should do in your relationships as well. That's probably the best advice I've given here in a long time. Anyway, I'm so glad you're here with me this evening. It's always my pleasure to be here with you. And uh, so I uh, look forward to having you remain with me for the, the rest of the night. The show goes till 10. And uh, I look forward to hearing from you. Of course, I always learn from you, which I absolutely love and appreciate. So thank you so much. So uh I hope you'll stay with me when I return. I am Maureen McGrath. You are listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Maureen McGrath hosting this program for you as I do live every Sunday night here at the beautiful downtown studios. That is CKNW. I want to talk a little bit about falling in love or more so those who are afraid of falling in love. Now, this ties somewhat to... Uh, thinking that there's love at first sight, but is it really love at first fright? So are you afraid to fall in love? And how do you know that you're afraid to fall in love? And are you afraid that somebody is going to actually not love you for your quirks and your foibles and your weaknesses? Well, guess what? None of us are perfect, except me, of course. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) I am the most imperfect person out there, let me tell you. Um, But it's understanding that and knowing that and knowing that the person that you're with is imperfect as well and knowing your imperfections and understanding your weaknesses and trying your best and being the best you can be. My mother used to give this advice um, when I would... Wherever I was going, to a party, to a meeting, to uh, on a date, um, it, I want to tell you my father's advice too. That was quite different for the dating. But anyway, um, dates that I didn't want to go on. But my mother would give this advice. I'd say, what should I wear? And my mother would say, look your best. And I think that is what you need to bring to the relationship. Be your best. And your best is your weaknesses. Your best is your authenticity your genuineness, the the real you. Now, just for as a little sideline, I will tell you on dates that I didn't want to go on, I remember being, you know, young and teenager and and I'd say to my father, oh, I don't want to go out with this guy and I can't say no. And he'd say, as an accountant, <laughs> he would say, ask him if you can take the money instead. Anyway, Great advice as well. Um, and, and that has come along in my life certain times when people have asked me things. I'm like, can I have the money instead? Anyway, so, but that doesn't apply here. Um, but money is a big issue in, in relationships. We'll get to that in a little bit later. But some people are afraid of being known, afraid of showing their real self. Um, we actually go into the relationship, you know, perfectly groomed and everything is always you're dressed well and you're calm and you're open and happy. And let's face it, that's not people, right? Uh, Often 
uh, people or women in particular will tell me he changed after the marriage. And is is it that you overlooked some things about the man or the woman or whomever um, that you are in a relationship? Is it that you denied his drinking, which then became anger? Uh, is it you denied certain things because you wanted to get married? You wanted to be in love. But then there, I'm talking about the people who are afraid to be in love. Those are the people who are dying to be in love. And you know what they say, love flies out the window quickly. So if you um, are one of those people who are afraid to be in love or think you might be afraid to be in love, you're going to want to listen here. So there's no point in leading with your fears. And, and you only create... Um, you only risk creating what you fear, that the person will leave you. So that's why it's important to be calm, to relax. If you have issues that come up, even where you want to go on the first date or the third, um, or they have, want to have you-know-what, nookie, on um, any of those times. But uh, work as a team. Work together. Uh, and, you know, you really I – was, I was at an event this week, and it talked about self-actualization and, and accepting yourself. It's so easy to blame other people, but – who is it that you bring to that relationship, whether that be a first date or whether that be a year after living together? Um, and so feeling loved and accepted is important because if you're looking for someone to complete you, that is a big mistake. So here are some relationship misbehaviors that can be the kiss of death for you. And I don't want that for you. I want the best for you. So you never want to interrogate your partner, okay? That is Ne- that never ends well. Interrogation. It gets people defensive. It gets them upset. It gets their hearts racing. It's never good. And if you have fears and doubts about a relationship or a person, do not criticize. Criticism, there, there is constructive feedback, which is a gift. It's done in a loving way, in a loving manner. And, you know, there are ways to do that in terms of starting out with something positive. And um, so that's, you know, really think about what we, we rush to criticize somebody else quickly because we're afraid quite frankly. So try and be mindful and settle down. Don't do any get even behaviors. And so we see this, of course, in infidelity a lot. And we see this, well, he cheated on me, so I'm going to cheat on him. Never works. It's a great idea and I get it, but it's not going to work. Or if somebody uh, texts you and they, you text somebody and they don't text you back. You know, I, I had that this week at work. Okay. I texted somebody and this guy is responsive. And if only everybody was responsive, but anyway, <laughs> he's responsive. So I gave him 24 hours and then I emailed him and I said, did you get my text? I wanted to update you on something. And he immediately responded and he said, no, I didn't receive the text. And it was a problem with my phone. So you don't want to think, well, he hasn't emailed me back. Or he hasn't texted me back. So I'm therefore, you know, not going to update him. or I'm not going to give him the benefit of the doubt. And the other thing is just getting all huffy and puffy, okay? Like, that never works. It's a, your, your brain is on fire. You're all upset. You can't think. You can't absorb. You can't hear what the other person is saying. So those are kind of just some rules of the relationship that uh, you want to be mindful of and think about. Also, something else you don't want to do, and this is for all the people pleasers out there. Hello, I'm talking to myself. <laughs> I have to work on this. Don't overdo being accommodating. 
Okay, so being a team player is one thing. And of course, you want to make your partner happy and and provide good things and do things for them. But you want to pay attention when you are giving in to something that matters to you. So this classic one is, you know, a a guy and a girl meet, a man and a woman meet, and they she wants to have a baby and he doesn't. And he goes against that. He goes against his own desire and he I, I have a patient in my clinical practice right now. He's actually married. He's, um, well, I think they all are married and having affairs. Anyway, I see a lot of those patients. <laughs> so all those guys that are coming into my clinical practice at the moment who are married and having extramarital affairs, they all have the same issue. They ha- they're in relationships with single women. That's not always the case. Oftentimes married people get together with other married people as well. If only married people would have sex with their partners. But anyway, we I wouldn't have a radio show. So forget that. Um, but so these guys are in relationship with someone else. And even if they have another child or two or three children from another relationship and, you know, the guys have kids or the guys don't have children, but they don't want to have children. They don't want to have more. And, you know, a lot of the women want to do the Brady Bunch thing, which is, you know, yours, mine, and we want to have ours. And a lot of uh, couples feel that way. They want to have the hours. But if you give in to that, you are being over-accommodating. And it's actually going to contribute to a death of the relationship by a million accommodations. So if you can actually accommodate something that big, um, you know, it is... You're still going to have problems with that person. You're still going to be, especially if you're having a covert relationship with somebody, it's, um, it can be the kiss of death, believe me. So um, you want to ask yourself, how important is this issue? Are you feeling resentful? Are you keeping score of how many times you give in? And what is important to me? Eventually, it will, you will be unwell. Um, so it will affect your psyche, your emotional health, and, um, you know, Uh, many other aspects of that. And also the other thing is, you know, there's going to be hot topics in your relationship. Uh, Hopefully there's some hot topics on this show for you, but in your relationship there are. And the hot topics are about sex and kids and finances, the time you spend together, iPhones, how much time you spend online. We've got an issue there coming up in in the show. Digitalized relationships. So we at the beginning of relationship, we are so attempt, t- so tempted to avoid these uh, hot topics. But these are the questions you need to ask your partner. What what would you do if I cheated? Have you cheated in the past? How do you manage money? How do you deal with things like that? So those are important subjects that you need to talk about. And you know what? If you have a hot topic to talk about with your partner, signal your partner. Say, I have something. Maybe rate your urgency. I have something to talk to you about. On a scale of 1 to 10 of urgency, it rates at about 3 because people can get so nervous something bad happens. Anyway, this is a way to start out and not be afraid of relationships. Remember, being in love is absolutely wonderful. I am Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Maureen McGrath hosting this program for you. I'm a registered nurse in the field of sexual health, author of the book Sex and Health, Why One Can't Come Without the Other. You can get that on Amazon if you like, uh, if you dare. You can also go to my blog, Fifty Shades of Pink. It's all about sexuality and health and Vaginal health, I know, I'm sorry, I had to use that word. Um, Relationships, infidelity, you like that one better, right? (laughs) I didn't think so. You'd think that infidelity is the main predictor of divorce, but it's not. 
It isn't. Many people remain with their partners after they have found them cheating. There are so many different definitions of cheating today that people don't really even have a definition of cheating. Is it cheating, as one emailer asked me, if I found my wife online? Is it cheating if they never actually were physical together? Is it cheating if they just sexted back and forth? You know, that's up to you to decide in your relationship. That's one of those hot topics that you need to have. What I do know is there is one thing that is the biggest predictor of divorce, the biggest marker of divorce, if this occurs in your relationship. Can you guess? (laughs) Okay, I'll tell you. Uh, It is actually something I do all the time. (laughs) Pretty much I've formed a career on it. Uh, it's around communicate. Yeah, I know what you were thinking. That wasn't it. Okay. Uh, it's actually around communication. It is related to that, but it's a negative communication pattern. And, and John Gottman, Dr. John Gottman of the Gottman Institute, a, a researcher and um, fellow, uh, he's done a lot of um, uh, research around couples. And he actually in his lab after reviewing communication styles of so many of his um, clients and couples, he feels that he can predict divorce with over 90% accuracy. And his life work has been on marital stability and divorce prediction. And of course, this has been uh, well-documented in the media. And also it was mentioned in the bestseller Blink by Malcolm Gladwell. So that's a, a good little book to read. Um, so he actually viewed thousands of couples arguing in his lab, and he was able to identify specific negative communication patterns that, that predict divorce, and they were, he's dubbed them the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Now, one thing for, um, one thing I think, uh, if that matters <laughs> to you or not, um, but one thing I've noticed, shall I say, recognized, is that treating or arguing or communicating or talking or discussing a subject without respect is significant. Without letting, in respect, I'm, by respect I mean, and I'm going to get to John, Dr. John Gottman's very shortly, I mean listening, two ears, one mouth for a reason, listening to what your partner's saying, not um, overreacting, not yelling, so remaining calm. But according to Dr. John Gottman, the four horsemen of the apocalypse of your divorce, or of your marriage, shall I say, which will lead to divorce, are criticism, contempt, defensiveness, and stonewalling. And I happen to agree with Dr. John Gottman that contempt is the most destructive of the four horsemen because it conveys this sense, and and I don't buy this in any relationship in life or anywhere, especially in a romantic relationship, that I'm better than you. I'm better than you because I'm smarter than you. I'm better than you because I make more money than you. I'm better than you because I can clean this house better than you. I am better than you because I come from a more prestigious family than you. I'm better than you because I have friends in high places. I don't believe any of that. I feel in this world there is there are going to be people that have more than me. There are going to be people that have less than me if we define it. There's nobody that's better than me, and there's nobody really that's worse than me. I feel that we're all equal. I honestly believe that. That is how I was raised, that there's nobody that is better and nobody that is worse. And oftentimes we become um, 
anxious or we, we don't feel as good as other people because they may have a bigger bank account or they may drive a better car or they may have, you know, better looking children or a better looking husband or a better job or a, they're in a position of power. There's nobody that is better than you and there's nobody that is worse than you. And if we all approach that in life, we are all the same then our lives would be a whole lot better. And just think about that. There's nobody better and there's nobody worse. So in other words, when you get on your high horse to say, I'm better than you, or you communicate in a way that says, I'm better than you and I want to put you down and I want to make you feel badly about yourself and I want to pick out all these things. Maybe you were unemployed for a year and I had to you know, do all the housework and the kids. Maybe you were sick. I'm better than you. I have more power. That, that just does not fly in the face of a healthy relationship. So I completely agree um, with him on, on this one, that contempt is the most destructive. And the, the target or the reason for contempt is to actually make someone feel despised and worthless. And so if this is happening in your marriage, there's, there's a big problem, let me tell you. So if you treat others with disrespect or mock them with sarcasm. These are forms of contempt. The other thing which we don't think about necessarily, and I'm, I, you know, I, I'm guilty of part of this, half of this. Um, I love somebody with a good sense of humor. I love to laugh. Have you figured that out yet after five and a half years? But anyway, I love nothing more than to have like an hour of laughing, absolute hilarity. I love people with a keen sense of humor. I, I love that. There's nothing more of a turn on for me than that. Um, but when you have a hostile sense of humor, I don't, I don't go with that. I don't like people who uh, intentionally make fun of people in a mean way. I don't like, um, I, I just don't find there's humor in that at all. To put somebody in a position of embarrassment or uh, to make fun of them, to name call them, uh, to mimic them, I, I don't, or or the other thing that I don't go for at all is the eye rolling and sneering. Um, that just doesn't, it, it's so disrespectful. And, and recently I was actually on the highway and I, I'm a big anti-texting uh, while you're driving person, in part because I actually have a friend who um, had a medical problems. She was in the state, she had a medical issue and she did a GoFundMe campaign to raise money for treatment and she actually was cured of the cancer that she had and then one year later she was texting and she has since passed away unfortunately and in between her cancer treatment um, and her cure effectively and when she was in the hospital in between when she texted she had so much shame around the fact that she this was self-induced so you see, this is really personal for me that um, when people are texting, and I'm on the road a lot, that's the other thing. It's not just me, it's everybody else that's out on the road as well. So I'm on the road a lot. I see people texting. Next thing I'm going to get a job as a police officer anyway, <laughs> especially after this. This is a little information for you, but it has to do with this eye-rolling thing. So I saw this woman texting she was driving, you know, the traffic was slowed down. And I always say to like mouth to people, that's unlawful. And she, um, she said, oh, she rolled her eyes and continued to text. And then I mouthed to her, I'm going to report you. 
And she just didn't think I would. And she rolled her eyes again. And, you know, I probably still would have reported her regardless, maybe, but it really gave me that I'm reporting her. So I phoned the police, actually, and I said, you know, you have to call 911. And I called 911, and I said, this is not an emergency. It's, it's about somebody texting. They said, no problem. What jurisdiction? Put me through to the RCMP. And they took all of the details. And, but, you know, the thing about that was here, I was, I'm another driver on the road, as are the millions of other people that were on uh, Highway 1 on that day. And um, she was so disrespectful that she rolled her eyes, you know, uh, I've had a couple of other <laughs> scenes, well, not really scenes, but anyway, where I've said to people, hey, that's unlawful. And uh, they were like, you know, and, the, and they're like, so, well, we're sitting in traffic, or, but we're moving, actually. And uh, anyway, they, they did pay attention. So, but this was so disrespectful. And so when you get to that place in your relationship, we're so disrespectful. It's really, uh, you know, there may not be any turning back. Okay, so keep that in mind. When I come back, I'm going to review some of the other horsemen of the apocalypse. I am Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Maureen McGrath hosting this program for you. Always my pleasure to be here with you. I want to tell you about an event that I'm having at Port Moody's Inlet Theater on November 1st. It is called Hot Flash in the City. There are so many myths, ladies, about this time of life, the perimenopausal years, the years leading up to menopause, or the years around the menopause. And it refers to the time during which your body makes the natural transition to menopause, and that marks the end of your reproductive years. In other words, you cannot have any more babies. Perimenopause is also called the menopausal transition. So this can begin as early as age 37, but the average age of onset, according to research, varies a little bit because it depends on what study you're looking at, but it's somewhere between the ages of 51 and 53. But during the perimenopausal years, which may start at 37 or more commonly in the 40s, you may notice signs of progression toward menopause, such as menstrual irregularity. Something I want to talk to you about is fibroids. A lot of women may notice an increase in vaginal bleeding, and they may be diagnosed with a fibroid. And in the past, the only option for fibroids that were really uh, problematic for people, so they were causing severe pain, abdominal bloating, a feeling of fullness, uh, painful sex, and and maybe even anemia in some of the more severe cases, the only treatment option was hysterectomy. And I'm sure many of you have had a hysterectomy. And I bet some of you have had a hysterectomy unnecessarily. Well, today we have a new medication called Fibrostol, and it actually reduces the size of your fibroid, reducing the symptoms associated with it, and also it reduce, reduces the risk of your need to have a hysterectomy. It can often bridge the time between a kind of the end of the days when you finished your family to the perimenopausal or the menopausal years. So women can take a medication, which is a much more conservative therapy and has very few side effects. So it's a much more conservative therapy than a major abdominal surgery, the hysterectomy or a vaginal hysterectomy, which requires you to stay in the hospital. There are risks of bleeding and infection. And a lot of women experience grief because of the loss of their uterus. And and so it's a very difficult thing for a woman to go through losing her uterus. So Fibrostol, if you are having fibroids, Talk to your doctor about this medication. We're using it in my clinical practice and a number of clinical practices um, around the province. So 
it may be an option for you. Talk to your GP about it. Mostly the OBGYNs are prescribing it, uh, so the specialists are prescribing it, but do talk to your GP and you may get a referral uh, to a specialist or to an OBGYN, obstetrician, obstetrician, gynecologist. I'm using the medical lingo again, going to get in trouble. Um, so during this time, that level of estrogen, which is the female hormone, the main female hormone in your body rises and falls. So it fluctuates unevenly during the perimenopause. And so your menstrual cycles may lengthen or may shorten. And you may begin having menstrual cycles in which your ovaries don't release an egg. So you no longer ovulate at times. You may also experience menopause-like symptoms during the perimenopausal years, like hot flashes, sleep problems, and vaginal dryness. And there are so many Treatments available to help ease these symptoms. And one of those treatments for vaginal dryness, anyway, is the Mona Lisa Touch. It's a new hormone-free laser therapy. It is painless. You can do it in your doctor's office. You need, well, you can't do it in your doctor's office. There's only certain doctors that actually do it. There's about five, I think, in the province that have this technology. And, of course, one of them is at my clinic, <laughs> North Vancouver Women's Clinic.ca. Um, and so Dr. Stephen Kay and Dr. Carolyn Donnelly both perform this procedure. Um, so we're also going to be showcasing the, Mo- the Mona Lisa Touch at Hot Flash in the City in Port Moody's Inlet Theater on November 1st. So you might want to come out and learn a little bit more about that, maybe hear from some women who have had it themselves. And many women report uh, significant transformation. A lot of women don't like to take estrogen, even if it's localized estrogen in their vagina, uh, for vaginal dryness, especially if they've had a history of breast cancer. And also estrogen has a bad name. I'm going to demystify some of all or some of that around estrogen and why estrogen has such a bad name. But still, I'm not going to talk anybody into anything. If they don't want to take a medication, even in their vagina, I'm not going to force them to do that. Um, so this is this night is just going to be a night of love and learning. We're going to be talking about online dating, which is so prevalent today. Many women during the perimenopausal years find themselves uh, maybe divorced or alone, and they want to find a significant other. They want to, um, you know, be with somebody new. And so I'm going to give you lots of ideas on how you can meet somebody new and how that is uh, important and, you know, how you need to stop some of your biases around meeting somebody new. You hear about these tick boxes. Women are like, I want somebody who's this tall, and I want somebody who has this profession. And, and you know, they end up with somebody that they don't even like. They don't want to lie down next to, and they definitely don't want to have sex with. And so, but you, you can fool somebody for a little while because you want to just have a partner. You want to find someone to complete you. But conscious and unconscious bias is prevalent in the dating game, believe it or not. And it's important to note that biases, whether they're conscious or unconscious, are not limited to ethnicity and race, one's age, gender, height, weight, gender identity, physical abilities, religion, sexual orientation, and other characteristics are subject to bias. So these unconscious bias happen in spite biases happen in spite of your um, in spite of your own conscious values. And they're more prevalent when you're multitasking or working under pressure. And you know, sometimes people are just under pressure to meet that right person. And you, you think that, uh, you know, certain people are immune to biases, but they're not. Myself, in fact, one would think that, a, <laughs> well, I'm a woman. Okay, so uh, there's going to be biases against me. I'm blonde. There are going to be biases <laughs> about that as well. But you wouldn't think that I would be judged by a male who is a visible minority. 
And what he said, we were uh, we had done the TEDx talks, and there was a gathering, an intimate gathering after that, and and everybody was told that their uh, videos would have to be edited. Mine because it was a little bit lengthy. Go figure. What a shocker. Um, so. But everybody was told, nobody was told that they would have to pay. And, and the videographer said to me that I was going to have to pay. Um, and I said, well, nobody else has to pay. Why do I have to pay? And he said, because you can afford it. And, I, and Dr. Gurdip Parhar had delivered a, a brilliant and eloquent and beautiful talk on racism and discrimination and bullying and, uh, and biases. And, and uh, I said, even in the face of that, I said, why do you think I can afford it? And he said, well, you just look like you can. And this was going to cost like 1000 to $1,500. And I'm like, I'm the last person that can afford it. Don't let this H&M jacket fool you or this designer label for a discount price from winners fool you. I love Overdraft. I live in Overdraft. Overdraft is my middle name. In fact, I had gotten a call from the bank that morning telling me that I was in Overdraft's Overdraft. Okay, I can't afford it. And then not to mention when I went to the bank, um, which, who gave me a birthday party? Okay, what banks? <laughs> I'm obviously there all the time, and I've gotten to know them, trying to manage my finances. Um, they actually had a cake and flowers for me. But anyway, what bank does that? Because they feel sorry for me. I also went in there, and they said, do you want to, you know, you've been approved for $5,000 more on your credit card. Would you like that? I'm like, yes, give me that money. Anyway, obviously, I had paid my credit card on time at least once. But, you know, here was somebody who had assumed that I could do a certain thing and compared me to other people and also, by the same token, assumed that those people couldn't afford it. I mean, that's insulting as well. Well, that's actually insulting. Perhaps mine wasn't so insulting. So we have these biases in relationships and we it's we start out even when we meet somebody new. You might think of somebody as a particular profession, they might all behave in a certain way. Not true. You might think, oh, I want to date a nurse because nurses are whatever. Nurses have these stereotypes that are attached to them. So, and they're all true, by the way. No, I'm kidding. Um, Nothing applies to everybody. So just being mindful and being aware of your unconscious bias, if you can, try and tap into that. Try not to assume things about people and really go for that natural chemical attraction, that chemistry that that I never thought I'd be attracted to this type of a person. And, and then you are and accept it and uh, allow them to willingly come into your heart. Believe me, your life will be happier. You will be able to deal with things so much better. And when I come back, I'm going to talk about how to deal with some of the uh, little things in your marriage or relationship before they become the big things. I am Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at CKNW.com, the Radio Player Canada app, Tune in Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.